Oh yeah, we're back. It's Draft Vice. Let's do it. Mm-hmm. You're right. You guys ready? It's the triple header edition. San Francisco 49ers, right? The Super Bowl runner-ups, if you will. Uh, the New England Patriots, the former Super Bowl champions of forever ago, right? They just seem to stayed in the they stayed in the, the Super Bowl championship uh, ether for so long. And then obviously, yes, the other. The other major team that we have to talk about, uh, the uh, the team across the division for me, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yep, we're doing a triple header today, folks. Uh, and I, I felt like these are the perfect teams to do this with, so we're just going to jump right into them. Uh, San Francisco 49ers, let's go. Kyle Shanahan, John Lynch, Super Bowl run. And I actually, listen, I'll tell you this much. Shanahan and Lynch will give you insights into what they're uh, like. I'll tell you, uh, the Patriots were annoying to watch their interviews, and we'll go over that. But well, depending on if you're watching Belichick or Casario, but regardless, the the Niners, right, with John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan, uh, they traded away uh, DeForest Buckner, got a first round pick. That's some uh, some pre uh, you know news you had to know about this draft. They had an extra first round pick because of that trade. Uh, the 13th overall pick, a very high pick, which they ended up trading down one spot to get an extra fourth rounder from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. John Lynch, you are a miracle man. I don't know how you do this. You did it to the Bears. Now you did it to the 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 the, the Buccaneers. I don't get how you do it. But again, genius maneuver. They got an extra fourth round pick out of that, and then they were able to draft Javon Kinlaw at 14. Uh, and then they ended up trading up from their second first-round pick, pick uh, uh, 31, which ended up the trade up to 25 with the Minnesota Vikings to select Brandon Ayuk. So let's talk about these two players, right? Javon Kinlaw, man, he had a rise in this offseason, right? He went from being kind of like maybe possible day two prospect, late, you know, day one kind of deal. And then, no, like he became, he had a surge, right? The Senior Bowl, everybody got to hear his story about uh, being homeless and what he had to go through in his life. And then, not only that, but like his tape matches up. He plays really well. He has he has some pass rush pass rush upside. There was some argument as to whether he was the best defensive tackle in this draft. Uh, you know, if he was technically better than Derek Brown and what he can give you and the the ceiling that he gives you compared to Derek Brown. There was some argument that he was the better defensive tackle prospect for some teams. Uh, you know, the the uh, 49ers, they trade away Buckner, and with the exact same pick they got for Buckner, they got a cheaper guy on a rookie deal in Javon Kinlaw. He's going to come in there. He's going to be a part of a rotation. You know, they, they made some deals the previous years. They even talked about, like, why they were kind of low on assets going into this draft, right? Uh, they they traded their second rounder in this draft for D Ford. They traded their third their uh, and their fourth rounder in this draft uh, for uh, and they got a, they swapped the fourth with a fifth rounder with the the Denver Broncos for Emmanuel Sanders. So they went all the way from first round pick to fifth round pick. So that was why the the trade back the one spot to get a fourth rounder worked really well. And in fact, I mentioned it before in the other podcast, the Buccaneers were looking to move even higher up. They moved, they were paying to move up one spot. Regardless, right? Uh, they got Javon Kinlaw here. They like him. You know, they they said the the great equalizer is getting a 
a guy being able to knock down the quarterback, right? And you have Bosa, and you have D. Ford, and you have Eric Armstead, who you signed to a five-year extension, eighty-five million dollar deal. You have a D line that is really good, and you have depth there. You have guys who have come in and played roles for you very well. Um, and now you were going to have Javon Kinlaw there as well, who you hope to develop. You know, you even have Solomon Thomas, who they did not pick his, pick up his fifth year option. Uh, you have a good rotation here on this defensive line, and you didn't really lose much by losing to Forrest Buckner. In fact, again, like that was a guy who was coming up at the end of his deal, ended up getting extended when he got traded to the Colts. This was the best way that could have went. They basically re- replenished their interior, their defensive line depth, and it was perfect. Brandon Ayuk, uh, wide receiver, wide receiver out of uh, Arizona State. They had three guys they were willing to take at fifteen, at, at thirteen or fourteen or fifteen, like in that range. And Ayuk was apparently one of those guys they were willing to take in that top fifteen range. And they traded up from thirty-one to twenty-five to make sure they can get him because they had basically two guys left on their major like first-round board who they really liked. He was one of them. So when it came down to you know him falling far enough, they said, you know what, we'll take that fourth rounder we got from the Bucks. We'll trade up. We'll go ahead and we'll grab Brandon Ayuk. And they they liked what he brought to the table, right? He, uh, you know, they they made a point about Herm Edwards' relationship with John Lynch. They, uh, Kyle Shanahan, Kyle Shanahan thought he was like one of the top receivers in this draft, if not the best receiver in this draft. Uh, he could do a bit of everything. You know, he's strong, he's sturdy, he's got breakaway ability. They like his arm length. Uh, you know, he didn't have a great combine, but he was coming off of an injury. So, uh, but everything else, like as far as his speed. He had a bat, like he was coming off an injury, but his vertical, his wingspan, his ten yard split were all elite, all in the 99th percentile. When you look at that, that ability to you know be able to get up and get the ball, that explosiveness, uh, you know, I personally thought he had a couple of issues getting off a of press uh, that he will have because like, you just didn't see him do it. I think he might have that issue going into the NFL. It's one of those things that we talk about is you don't get to see a guy sometimes in college do that. Uh, they mentioned his. Uh, his uh, ability, like his uh, translation, you know, to, to running a full route tree. He didn't necessarily run a full route tree, but they they saw the things that he did well, how he'll fit in their offense. Got really good run after catch ability. If you've noticed this, this seems to be a theme in Kyle Shanahan's offense right now. Is a lot of run after catch guys, you know, whether it's Debo Samuel being, being able to just break away and, you know, catch a ball and go ahead and cause some missed tackles. Again, Brandon Ayuk's going to be a very similar player to Debo Samuel. Uh, and then they also have Jalen Hurd, who does kind of a similar thing. Uh, they didn't, you know, he didn't do everything, but he showed he can do, he has the potential to do everything. Like, this is perspective you're looking at some of these guys. And they didn't think losing the fourth was that big of a deal because when they looked at their board, they said, we don't think a guy in the fourth round is really going to be able to break into the starting lineup of this roster. So that extra fourth rounder will trade that, move up to you know 25, the one that we just got, and then be able to get a guy who we think is going to contribute right away. Uh, keep in mind, in this draft, they do end up trading away Matt Breida. They do end up trading away Marquise Goodwin. And then they do trade for Trent Williams because Joe Staley retired. So they trade away a fifth and a future third to draft uh, Trent Williams, to basically get Trent Williams on a one year deal. And hopefully they might extend him towards the end of this year, or we'll see what happens after this year. Kind of intriguing, though, that they were drafting so high in the first round and they didn't go after an offensive lineman. 
even if you were like thinking you were going to get a guy like that, it's still very weird that that was like what they spent some of those picks on. I, I they were really confident they were going to get that deal done with uh, with Washington. I guess because again, Kyle Shanahan, maybe the the Kyle Smith, maybe he has a better relationship with him than he did with Bruce Allen, uh, Ron Rivera. You know, Trent Williams might be more willing to go to see go be with Kyle Shanahan, go to a Super Bowl potential. You know repeat offending team especially also because Trent Williams knows Kyle Shanahan's system he played with him down you know he played for his uh, father down in uh, Washington in fact I believe it was Mike Shanahan's father who drafted Trent Williams so now you're getting all these you know they 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 uh you know they replaced Marquise Goodwin with Brandon Ayuk they uh and then those two first round picks they go a whole three rounds before they ever see another pick again, but those those picks those those trades were big deals for them, right? Those were part of their draft too. Whether it was trading away Marquise Goodwin to the Eagles, you know they they kind of need to to make some room on the roster for receivers that they already have on the roster and be able to you know bring you know Brandon Ayuk in. They have Debo Samuel, Jalen Hurd. They draft another receiver in the seventh round, Jawan Jennings out of Tennessee. Uh, they liked his tape, but they didn't. You know, his combine didn't really match his tape. Like this is a guy you fell in love with based off of watching his tape. They said, and the, the reason why he's there in the seventh is, listen, he didn't perform athletically at the combine. You need to, he needs to prove to everybody that he can be what he can be on the field in the NFL, like he was in college. Uh, I went a little bit of out of order here. They also drafted uh, Colton McVitz, McKivitz out of West Virginia. He was a target they were going after anyway. Uh, to be a potential guy to replace Joe Staley on their offensive line in the fourth round, if they still had that fourth round pick, they, uh, you know, and they also mentioned Sean Coleman and a couple of other players on their rosters, potential other options to replace uh, Joe Staley as opposed to Trent Williams. They got really lucky that Trent Williams was available for what they were able to trade for him for. Uh, again, they were targeting him. They felt like he had that tackle guard versatility. The more you watch, the more you like of the guy. Uh, they also drafted Charlie Warner out of Georgia. Uh, you know, they no longer have Brett Selleck. They no longer have. They need that kind of blocking tight end role. A guy to go along with George Kittle, who can catch passes, who is not just a blocker, but can, but is mostly a blocker. But you still have to have some pass catch ability because Kyle Shanahan said, "Listen, man, if you can't catch passes, you're basically a sixth offensive lineman. What good are you if you're a tight end who can't catch?" Right. Kind of a good thing to to know, but they said he had the base pass catching skills that they believe can make him translate to being a solid like tight end two, tight end three, uh, and that was it. They drafted five guys. They traded for one more. They traded away two guys. Matt Breida, the speedster, is now back. Is now down in Miami, and uh, I I think this was a really good draft for them, right? Uh, they they fill they didn't have a lot of needs. This is like we were talking about with the Saints, right? You get to a point where you're building your team, you no longer need uh, to be drafting thirty players in a draft to fill out your roster. You need five guys who you think are probably going to hit. So Javon Kinlaw, you really believe he's going to hit? He's going to be a part of a rotation. He's going to help be part of that deep, strong defensive line that's going to be a strength of your defense that your defense is going to be built upon. Uh, 
Brandon Ayuk, again, building off that receiving court, trading for Trent Williams, your entire game was built off the run game, and you need a guy who probably can step in right away and know that system really well. He spent a year out of the NFL. In fact, Kyle Shanahan was like, dude, that's probably better anyway. He's going to probably be healthier coming on in. So, yeah, we're going to go with him, and we're going to go with Trent Williams, and we're going to go ahead and take him to the Super Bowl with us again this year. So, again, I love the the draft. Uh, their free agency was relatively quiet, right? They signed Travis Benjamin, so that's kind of their replacement already for Marquise Goodwin. They uh, they re-signed Jimmy Ward to a three-year deal. This is a guy who they've basically been, you know, he was kind of that girlfriend from high school they kept on stringing along, kind of being like, yeah, you know, I'll marry you eventually and giving him one-year deals for the last couple of years. I kind of use the other guy, like Trey Boston and him. Uh, and then they, I mentioned before, they extended Eric Armistead, right? Five-year, $85 million deal. So, uh, again, this is it. I, I'm shocked they didn't go for corner. I felt like that was a position of need for them um, because I don't think you can rely on Richard Sherman. Mosley's kind of a, you know, he played well for them last year. But, again, are you really going to rely on a guy who's, you know, you were basically paying the league minimum to this year, restricted free agent. Um, you have a couple of other guys on the roster. You know, uh, I think they have a killer Witherspoon still. They uh, – is that, is that the, yeah, we'll go into their depth chart right now. In fact, we'll go ahead and look at their defensive depth chart. And uh, it is a killer Witherspoon. I was right. Haha. Ha. Manuel Mosley, a killer Witherspoon. Uh, Richard Sherman, Kwan Williams, that those, and Jason Verrett are their, their corners. That's a very, you know, good good set of players, good set of names for your, your cornerback room. Jason Verrett's never stayed healthy, though. They re signed him on a one year deal. Uh, Jaquiski Tart and Jimmy Ward are their safeties. They also got Tavares Moore, um, and, and that and De- uh, Derek Kindred and Marcel Harris. So guys who have been around the league, uh, you know, a couple of guys who've been drafted here or there. Uh, I like their corner room, but I'm not impressed with their corner room. You got to realize Richard Sherman's kind of aging out. You know, it, the second you have a good year with Jason Verrett's probably your last year with Jason Verrett. Uh, Akila Witherspoon sometimes shows flashes, but then he kind of, you know, he got benched last year for Emmanuel Mosley, and Emmanuel Mosley's on a one-year deal. So I felt like corner should have been addressed more. But other than that, like, D-line was a was an important part to build upon. Now you look at that D-line. Uh, they got Nick Bosa, Javon Kinlaw, Solomon Thomas, Eric Armistead, D. Ford, uh, you know, Contavious Street and D.J. Jones played really well for him last year. Uh you know, linebacking core, man, I think their linebacking core is really underrated between Fred Warner and Quan Alexander. Fred Warner, man, has come on really well his last two years uh, in the league. Drake Greenlaw has played well for him. So their defense is looking pretty good. I felt like, again, I felt like corner was the thing I would have been more worried about. Now, now granted, you trade away a D-lineman, so you kind of need to replace the D-lineman. But more though, more so than maybe receiver, I think maybe because they didn't have a lot of picks in this draft, maybe they didn't feel like they were going to get a, a corner in the fourth or fifth round that they were going to be able to stick on their roster and hopefully will make it to, you know, because you do look at it and the names at corner are still really good, right? Like I said before, Killer Witherspoon, if he takes his step forward again, you know, you think he could probably be a good corner. Uh Richard Sherman, Manuel Mosley, Jason Ferret, Quan Williams, all these guys have played well at certain points. And Richard Sherman had a great year for them last year, but he's getting older. So you kind of need to start replacing what he's going to be. Uh, again, the rest of that defense is amazing. And then you look at the offense, right? Raheem Mostert, Tevin Coleman, Jarek McKinnon, Jeff Wilson Jr., they're all there. 
Uh, Jarek McKinnon, maybe he'll actually play a snap for the 49ers this year. Jimmy Garoppolo and Nick Mullins, and along with C.J. Beathard, are in the, the QB room. You got uh, the, the receiving core is the thing I think everybody kind of is like, wow, what's going to be the real order of this receiving core? It's Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, uh, Trent Taylor, Jalen Hurd, Dante Pettis. Remember Dante Pettis? I was a big fan of Dante Pettis last year. I'm still a big fan. I hope he lands somewhere really nice if he doesn't stay on this team. But I think he should stay on this team. I think they can utilize him. They they said, you know, he had an off year last year. He can come back and be good for him. And uh, you look at their offensive line, Weston Richburg, Lakin Tomlinson, Mike McGlinchey. These guys have been in this, this system long-term now. They know this system. Mike McGlinchey's been, a, I think, probably the best right tackle. It's him. Yeah, I think he might be one of the, if not the best, he's probably one of the top two or three right tackles in the NFL. Uh, and Jimmy Garoppolo has played pretty well. I don't think he is the driver of the offense. I think that's basically Shanahan's system that's the driver of the offense and just how he's able to play call and scheme everything. And when you're that good, you don't need a guy who's truly elite. You can have a guy who's a top 12, top 15 quarterback and still get good enough out of him. So overall, I think they're going to make another run at it. They're still going to be a playoff contender this year. There's not much else to say. That's why I kind of stuck them on this episode. So we're going to move right along, right? We're going to go move on to the Patriots. Uh... The multi-Super Bowl winning Patriots who traded out of the first round. They went ahead and they drafted Kyle Duggar after uh, trading down with the the Los Angeles Chargers. Uh, actually, they traded down twice, but uh, basically the big thing that they got out of it was a third-round pick from the Los Angeles Chargers. Don't know why I'm saying it like that. Quarterback, right? They lost Tom Brady in free agency. Walks out, says, Bye, Felicia! Goes ahead, signs with the Buccaneers. So what do they do? They sign Mr. Brian Hoyer. Yeah, that, that's superhero. And they're like, you know what? We're fine with Brian Hoyer and Jared Stidham. We're going to walk in. We're going to rock it, talk it, and know how to do it. And what do they do? So in the draft, they don't even draft a quarterback. They don't draft anybody in the first round. They trade down. They get Kyle Duggar, safety at Lenore Ryan. Um, weird small school prospect. Played at the Senior Bowl. They felt like, uh, you know, he, he was one of the three guys they wanted in that area, though, in that second-round area. So they felt good about taking him where they took him. Uh, they they believe he has, like, four down elements. He could play anywhere, uh, play on special teams. Uh, he played well at his level of competition. When he went to the Senior Bowl, he played really well. Uh, you know, he's smart. He works hard. He'll be able to handle what they give him. You know, the, the one thing I got out of Casario's interviews was you get more from watching Casario than you do from Belichick. Casario kind of tells you a little bit of the process, which is we give them some information. We want to see if they can teach it back to us. They want, We want to see if they can digest it. We want to see if they could teach us part of their scheme from their college. We want to see their football IQ, and that's how they go about it. And I think this is how a lot of teams do it, right? You know, they go ahead, they meet with the guy, they go, hey, uh, teach a, you know, here, here's a couple of things from our playbook. Can you Do you understand this? Then they go ahead and they say, well, now teach it back to us. Now that we know you know it and you believe you know it, teach it to us. And then they go, well, you did this in college. What were you doing? What was your thing in college? So that was something I really appreciated from watching uh, Nick Casario, something you don't get from watching Bill Belichick go over prospects. Um, then they drafted Josh Uche at the end of the second round at pick 60. Uh, he was one of the three guys they wanted in the second round, 
And so they had two guys they wanted in the second round. They got both of them. Uche, uh, I was actually relatively intrigued by. I remember watching one, uh, one. I think it was the Baylor game, where he was basically able to almost stay step for step with uh, Baylor's Denzel Mims, a guy who ran a four three eight. He wasn't totally step for step, but man, he was able to cover him pretty damn well. Um, he's a linebacker and he's trying to keep up with a four three eight, you know, running wide receiver. And he kind of played, you know, mix match kind of linebacker edge kind of player. Uh, sometimes blitzing him as a linebacker, sometimes playing as a true edge on a. But he's a little bit, you know, not heavy. He's kind of two forty, two thirty kind of guy. I think he's going to be more of a Dante Hightower, Jamie Collins kind of player for the Patriots. This is a guy who fits perfectly for what they do. Versatile, and they love versatility. They mentioned it in their press conference. They love guys who are versatile. Who you're going to be playing different teams each week you want guys who can match up differently each week so I like what Uche brings he is one of my favorite linebackers in this draft class especially if you're going to utilize him as a blitz backer and utilize a little bit of his athleticism to kind of cover guys as well uh and he kind of plays well you know you need kind of edge presence as well that you can utilize him on uh, you know when you're playing multiple fronts uh they also took Anthony uh yeah, Anthony Jennings out of Alabama. Very similar situation. A guy who uh, was asked to do a bunch of things. Coming out of Alabama, knows Saban's defense. Great program. Tough kid. Bigger than Uche. He's about 260. But again, they're playing. They're not going to be playing the same roles, but they're going to be kind of, again, versatile pass rushers that they're going to utilize around the line of scrimmage. You know, whether they're playing edge, off the ball, uh you know, for uh, for Jennings, maybe moving to to deep, you know three four end at some points, and then moving him to outside linebacker with Uche, maybe moving him to middle linebacker, moving him to edge, utilizing that mix match ability and getting them to know. Uh, again, both these guys come from very uh, complicated defenses, and they were utilized in in different ways. Uh, then you go ahead, you look at they took two tight ends in the third round as well. They took Devin Asayasi, uh, started at Michigan, then he went to UCLA, runs well with his first size, he's tough, has uh, some technique issues that he needs to work out, but other than that, they loved his athleticism, they love what he brings to the table, they think he can be a true you know, mismatch maker for their offense, um, true as if you know this isn't a team that goes ahead and utilizes draft picks as dartboard kind of, you know, card games, which is kind of something that uh, Bill Belichick kind of hinted at. Is, yeah, this is one way you build your team. It's not the only way you build your team. And that's something you really notice because there's some years where Bill Belichick and Nick Casario totally bust on their drafts and they still are making it to the playoffs. They're still making it to the Super Bowl. Why? Because it's multiple ways that you build your team. And it's time and it's effort and it is uh, methodology. And they have it all. they have it all figured out, right? Then they also drafted Dalton Keene out of Virginia Tech. Uh, you didn't see a lot of the things that the Patriots do. They were saying uh, it was, you know, it is what it is. You know, it gives the effort to block. He's got toughness, the ability to make plays with uh, the ball in his hand. They put him in the situations for catch and run uh, back in college. Uh, he will need to adapt and be more technical. Uh, you know, uh, was a, a three-year starter as an underclassman, took advantage of every opportunity he had, 6'4", it's tough, good at change of direction. Uh, they said it's going to be a tough adaptation for him. A lot of guys coming out of college, it is a tough, uh, tough time adapting. You're learning, a, a, you know, a Patriots level playbook. Most of the guys playing in college are not playing a playbook that is to the level of the Patriots, right? So 
they what they're trying to do, like I said before, they utilize that method I was talking about before. Nick Casario said, well, we're going to go over everything with them. We're going to teach them it. And we want to see if they can relay it back to us. We want to see if they can teach us something about their scheme that they ran in college. We want to see their football IQ. Uh, day three, right? They, uh, day three, they, they took a, a three offensive line prospects, a kicker, and a linebacker, right? They took uh, Justin Rauhauser, who may or may not um, be associated with some uh, not great uh, affiliates, if you will. Uh, not Nothing really bad, but kind of not great. Like, if you Google it, you'll figure it out. Um, not really the best kind of, like, you know, mm, things to be associated with. Let me put it that way. Uh, but a good kicker, nonetheless. So if he's kicking the ball on the you know the, the ten degree weather, as long as he puts all the, the the weird stuff behind him and becomes a a good member of society, then I think that's totally fine. Not that he wasn't a good member of society before. Who knows? I I don't want to make any uh any types of judgments on people. They took Michael on Anawasu uh, out of Michigan, decent offensive interior offensive lineman, probably play guard. Uh, Justin Heroin Heron Heron not Heroin. Dear God, man, he's Justin Heroin. What was he on the whole time? Uh, actually, the the marijuana. Uh, out of Wake Forest, again, another guy's going to come in, compete for an interior offensive line spot, maybe play tackle for him. Uh, and then they also took uh, Dustin Woodward, who they kind of look more at, at center, uh, but can play both center and guard flexibility. And they looked at Cash Moai out of Wyoming, played along with Logan Wilson at Wyoming. And they said, like, you know, they ran a good tandem there. They like what he can do. Uh, again, this is a team that values linebackers and safeties a lot. So, uh, overall, like you look at uh, what what the Patriots have been doing over the years, uh, they adapt, right? They have Jared Stidham on the roster. They signed Brian Hoyer. Um, they didn't do anything with receiver. They they kind of you know I, their cornerback room is pretty good. It, it, it's a weird roster, right? So you look at their roster. They got Jared Stidham. Brian Hoyer. Running back room is Sony Michelle, James White, Rex Burkhead, Damian Harris. Uh, wide receiving core is Marquise Lee, who they signed on a cheap deal, Julian Edelman, Muhammad Sanu, who they trade for last year, Demir Bird, uh, Nikhil Harry, J- Jacoby Myers, who was a, a training camp star last year, and uh, you know a couple of other guys who you know may or may not make the roster. You know, tight end they got Matt Lacoste, uh, Devin Asiasi, Dalton Keene. So, you know, really one veteran who really hasn't been all that great for him, and then a couple of rookies, and then this guy named Ryan Izzo. Uh, they got Isaiah Wynn as far as their left tackle situation goes. Yanni Kujusu, they drafted last year in the third round, who got injured. Now he's coming back off of IR. We'll see if he ends up playing for them. I liked Yanni Kujusu last year. I think that was where he needed to go, was a place that would let him develop behind uh, you know their offensive line, maybe get him to play at right tackle. They still have Marcus Cannon. They got Joe Thuney at left guard, who they franchise tagged. They're paying $15 million to keep him, about $15 million. I think it might be a little bit lower than that. Uh, David Andrews is returning for center. They had Ted Karras leaving free agency. He went to Miami, and David Andrews was technically their starting center, but he had some blood clotting issues. And then Shaq Mason returns at right guard. So I, I mentioned this on other podcasts before, that they value that interior offensive line, and they kind of figure out that left tackle spot. They figure out their tackle spots a little bit more. Isaiah Wynn, first-round pick, who they took a few years ago, you know, coming off a bad injury, Last year he started showing a little bit. Now you see maybe this year he can kind of you know take the next step forward. 
Marcus Cannon, I think, is going to be okay. He's going to probably be a serviceable right tackle. You're hoping maybe Yadni Kajus competes for that right tackle spot. Plays really well, hopefully. Uh, and then they also have Yolte Froyol, who they drafted last year as well. I, I think he's going to be uh, – he might compete for a spot. The only thing is their interior, their offensive line is actually pretty good, right? You mentioned it, David Andrews, uh, you know, Shaq Mason and Joe Thune. Joe Thune and Shaq Mason are really good guards. And then David Andrews you're, was the guy you were hoping would come back and play center for you. Uh, defensively, right? Uh, Lawrence Guy, Bo Allen, Diedrich Wise um, – are all coming to be their 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 starting three. They got Chase Winovich, who they drafted last year. I like Chase Winovich. They drafted him in the third round last year. I thought that guy was highly underrated. I think he he showed a little bit last year. He's going to be you know in that room with uh, Josh Uche, who the guy who he went to school with. Who again you know and then Anthony Jennings is going to be on this defensive rotation. Uh, Brandon Copeland. Uh, they have some very intriguing pieces, but again, a lot of their like, edge presence a lot younger. Uh, this is going to probably be where you hear Chase Winovich stepping up is going to be this year. Linebacking core, like I said before, Josh Uche, Dante Hightower. Uh, and they have a couple of other guys who are not as big names like uh, Joan Bentley, John Simon. You know, names that are there, but they're not really big, you know. They're not the guys who you're going, oh, I feel so good with them at linebacker. But then again, this is Bill Belichick. He does not need the biggest names at linebacker. They also got Patrick Chung, Devin McCourty, uh, and Jason McCourty on that back end, along with Stephon Gilmore, right? That was their starting back four, their starting back end last year. They all played really well. Patrick Chung, Bill Belichick, they go way back. They're best buds. They got Stephon Gilmore, the shutdown all-pro corner, or at least he should be almost every he – he's probably the best corner in the NFL right now. Uh, and then Jason McCourty's played really well for a guy who's in his 30s who really didn't seem like he could play corner all those many years ago, but he's played very well uh, the last three years. Like, it's it's shocking. Like, it was like, how did somebody not notice this guy was playing corner? Um, Devin McCourty, they, they re-signed. Kyle Duggar, I think he's there to kind of help try to replay. You know, he, he's going to... He's going to be learning this year. He's you're probably not going to see anything of Kyle Duggar this year, right? He's going to probably come on next year. Um, Adrian Phillips is coming back. Maybe they run some, you know, be more of their nickel kind of guy. J.C. Jackson, Jonathan Jones, those guys are going to be playing big for them. Uh, Joe Jawan Williams, again, another guy who they drafted, who you're hoping to see what he can do. So overall. Patriots, uh, you know, you got the big uh, question mark in the room with the quarterback situation. Uh, they they don't have a lot of cap. They're kind of really up against it, so that's why I don't think they're going after any of the free agent quarterbacks. Um, I, I think it's kind of a reset year for them. They want to see what they get out of Stidham and Hoyer, and then it might be Hoyer starts this year. We don't know. Uh, and Hoyer knows that system, and we saw Hoyer perform really well in that system. So maybe it ends up being that he turns it into a – maybe Bill Belichick turns this into a 10-win season with Brian Hoyer and Jared Stim as his quarterbacks. I think it's going to probably be something to that. I mean, we saw Brian Hoyer do well with the Texans, right? And kind of, kind of do well with the Texans. We saw the Texans be a competitive team with Brian Hoyer and Ryan Mallett being their amalgamation of quarterbacks. Um. Patriots are going to be intriguing. Uh, there is a question as to whether they're tanking or not. I don't know if I really believe that they're tanking, but uh, I, I don't know what else you could really think of from looking at their roster. It's a yeah roster. So 
but then again, it's Bill Belichick. I can't count Bill Belichick out. It's not in me to do that, right? It's uh, I don't know anybody who could. Uh, they don't have a quarterback, but then again, I've seen worse from Bill Belichick's quarterback. So let's move on, right? We've done wow. We are moving quick, right? We've gone through two. We've gone through two teams, everybody, and we burned through their drafts. And now we are down to the Steelers, right? The big bad ugly Steelers. You, you dirty, you dirty rats, you kid, my brother. You dirty rat Steelers. I'm kidding. I'm kidding, everybody. I don't think they're dirty rats. I don't think they're all ugly. I'm just. Say, I'm not saying they're. They're. There might have been a, a tweet from me recently that might have implied some strangeness to it. Okay, let's move on, right? So uh, Ben Roethlisberger is the quarterback. He's coming back. We finally, we finally saw him on video looking like, I don't know, he, he looked kind of cool, to be honest. I liked him with the beard when he's throwing the ball. Like at first, like when I was seeing the pictures pop up on the interwebs, it looked weird that he had this weird bushy beard. And like I'm like, oh, he looks kind of like he's kind of in retirement mode. And then when you see him throwing the ball, he actually looked kind of good, man. He looked like he was in the zone throwing it to Juju Smith-Schuster, who, by the way, I love Juju. I Listen, as a guy who doesn't like the Steelers, I love Juju. I love my Juju Smith-Schuster, man. I, I was mad when he got drafted by the Steelers, but I love him. So, yeah, Juju Smith-Schuster, man. Uh, uh, they have Juju Smith-Schuster. They got James Conner, James Washington, Deontay Johnson, uh, Jalen Samuels, Mar uh, Mason Rudolph, Ryan Switzer, Deion Kane. Man, this, this core is so amazing, right? So what did they do in the draft? Well, they went for receiver in the second round in the draft. That's right. You heard about that receiving core I was just listing off names on? They went for a guy named Chase Claypool, Notre Dame, second round pick. They, they talk about how, you know, this guy kind of blew up the combine, uh, kind of impressed some people down at the Senior Bowl. Good long speed guy as far as his combine numbers go. Uh, not a really refined, you know, a little bit more raw receiver there was questions as to whether he was going to play tight end coming into the nfl they liked his uh actually him in the special teams workouts and in the pra special teams practices that's where they really got to some uh, some experience with him they said you know he's sharp he's got great size speed competitiveness uh the work on special teams at the senior bowl impressed them impressed them with their physicality so they really liked him uh, this is a team, like, listen, Steelers hit really well on receiver, right? You even look at their receiving core now, the guys who they've drafted, Ryan Switzer, uh, Chase Claypool, uh, Ryan Switzer, Jalen Samuels, a running back, but kind of as a tight end, kind of as a halfback, kind of as a whatever. Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster, second, it was a second or third, he was a second round pick. James Washington was a third round pick. Deontay Johnson was a third round pick. You know, they took, uh, you know, they were, they were the ones who found Mike Williams and Antonio Brown. And I forget, there was definitely one other one as well. But they just seem to get these guys in the second and third round who they turn into real players. And part of it's knowing that you can coach guys up. So maybe they see skills, they see tools in this guy that they think can coach him up. So, again, a guy who maybe other people were not as high on, they look at it and see that the Steelers took him, and they go, you know what, I respect the Steelers when it comes to receivers. Just how it goes. Kind of agree with them on that. I'm more, in, I'm more inclined. Deion Kane was a guy who was drafted. I think it was actually on the Colts a year or two ago. So uh, he seemed like a guy who kind of maybe he got released, ended up on their roster now. Uh, interesting receiving core nonetheless. Uh, round three, they also took uh, Alex Highsmith out of Charlotte, impressed athletic ability at the Combine. They enjoyed getting to know him. The technician kind of took a step forward in 2019 in developing his ra pass rush rep repertoire. He's still kind of a developmental prospect at edge, but they already have Bud Dupree, who they have on a, a franchise tag. 
They have T.J. Watt, who's come on really strong for them. They, you know, so they, you know, and they hit J. They hit T.J. Watt with the fifth-year option. So they're going to have him for another two years. Uh, and then uh, Anthony Jennings uh, and I, uh, Alex Highsmith's going to come in. He's going to be part of a rotation, and hopefully, will be the replacement to Bud Dupree if Bud Dupree doesn't stay. Although they are talking about a long-term deal with Bud Dupree. Uh, fourth round, they took Anthony McFarland out of Maryland. Good vision, good quickness. This is a guy who I loved watching his tape, man. He's a speedy dude. He's quick. He he reminds me actually a bit of uh, Devontae Freeman. If Devontae Freeman was on nitrous, he's just he's like a fast Devontae Freeman. That's kind of what he is. He, uh, quick out of the backfield. Uh, I want to see if he can catch a little bit more as, a, as an NFL player. Uh, just because I think that would be a great role for him in the NFL if he could utilize that ability in space to to utilize him as that. But they also like you know again you could just utilize him as a Philip Lindsay kind of player, just that that level of quickness. He is that fast. Everybody, I really appreciate it. He did have some injuries this year. I think that's why he kind of didn't. He wasn't on everybody's radar. They mentioned that 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 was kind of why like he wasn't as impressive to some other teams. I like him. Uh, good, you know, good first step. Both uh, me and the Steelers agree on this guy. So clearly, he's going to be a star. Uh, they took Kevin Dotson out of Louisiana in the fourth round as well. Didn't get an invite to the combine. They saw him at the East West Shrine game. They did video interviews. They said he's a no nonsense football guy, unique body type. You know, again, this is a team that likes to build up their offensive line. Perfect kind of player for him. Uh, they were a little shocked that he didn't get to go to the combine, but they liked everything else they saw from him. They had him do a virtual workout for him as well. He, I, I, I kind of like where they're going with it. Again, I hate praising a team that I, uh, my team plays against, but actually, uh, as far as it goes, you know, I actually like the these last two guys a bit more than their first two guys. You know, not that I didn't like Alex Highsmith. I thought that was a good pick for a third round for an edge rusher, a rotational guy. And then Claypool, again, like you don't doubt the Steelers on receivers. So when you look at those four picks, it kind of makes you go, all right, I see where you're going here. Uh, Antoine Brooks Jr. out of Maryland was taken in the sixth round. Uh, they followed him for two years because they thought he was going to come out last year. They talked about his build, his body type, you know, utilizing him as kind of a safety linebacker hybrid. You know, he's 220 pounds, and they said, listen, that kind of body is useful in the NFL for what we want to use him for, uh, kind of a safety linebacker hybrid. And then they also kind of brought up that, you know, they the, the media brought up the connection to Maryland because of their connections with Maryland because of the, the local location. Also, they have uh, former coaches from there. Um, also Tomlin's son goes there and then Tomlin kind of disclosed like, listen, we have inside information from other places too. Just cause you, you guys can put the dots together. Doesn't mean we don't have inside information with other schools. You guys are just getting lucky enough that you can see the inside information. You're going like, Oh, uh, Tomlin's son goes there. Well, uh, maybe Tomlin has some insight, insight. Uh, maybe the, oh, there are coaches from there too. Yeah. Maybe the coaches from there too. Maybe the coach knows some things. Yes, that's true. But again, you, you when you've been doing it as long as Tomlin has, as Tomlin pointed out, you make friends in different coaching staffs in college. So yes, it makes sense. They do have inside information, way more than I do, way more than probably a lot of the reporters do. So, and they're friends with a lot of these coaches. So, uh, uh, and then round seven, they took Carlos Davis out of Nebraska, big athletic defensive tackle, ran a four seven nine. He's three hundred pounds. Uh, played nose tackle in college. I don't know if they're going to play him there. I know they mentioned that a little bit, that they might line him up there. Uh, he's kind of more developmental kind of guy, but I, I was I was intrigued by him. I was intrigued by his athleticism. 
I was intrigued seeing you know where he would go. A little sad that he went to the Steelers again. Got to let my boss you know just hang out. Nonetheless, I think again, I think they had a good draft. I like a lot of the players they took. Unfortunately, um, so uh, again, like the, this team, uh, I, my only question is I, again, they did not address really the big, the big red flag in the room, which is you still have quarterback question marks, right? Because what happens if Ben Roethlisberger doesn't come back well off of Tommy John? Now, he might come back throwing better than ever on Tommy John. Who knows, right? Um, it might be that this is actually a trend. And, and 10 years from now, everybody's doing Tommy John surgery for quarterbacks, and it keeps them playing, you know, 10 years longer. Uh, you know, McFarlane loved him. Uh, Davis, I was very intrigued by as far as a player goes. Brooks was a good pick, especially for the sixth round. Uh, you know, Alex Highsmith was a good pick for them. Uh, and maybe that was maybe the most questionable of them. Maybe him and Claypool were the, the first two picks were maybe the most questionable of all of them. And those guys, you know, are still very intriguing athletes. So overall, decent draft. They lost Javon Hargraves in free agency. They signed, you know, they lost, they didn't sign as many college free agents because they signed a lot of guys from the XFL. They were trying to test that out. Again, you get to see them play more in a more professional setting. So they went more for the XFL guys. They weren't going after a lot of UDFAs. Uh, you know, they signed Sahid Blacknail, Christian Kunz, uh, Dwayne Hendricks, uh, Tyree Cannell of the Defenders, Kavon Walker, formerly of the New York Guardians. Also, as a recap to what they did in free agency, they traded for Chris Wormley from the, the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, so he's going to compete for a defensive line role. They signed Eric Ebron. They signed Steven Wisniewski, interior offensive lineman, who I'm a very big fan of. And I was always kind of shocked that he was available last year. And now, luckily, he's going into this year not being available because they signed him to a deal. And like I mentioned before, they tagged Dupree. They did the fifth-year option at TJ Watt. So let's go over this roster, right? Uh, we kind of did it a little bit before when I was talking about the quarterback room and the receiving room. Uh, so I won't go too much more into that, you know. Very, very intriguing, though, receiving room. There's no true stars on that, but you don't... Well, I actually, Juju Smith-Schuster, Deontay Johnson, I think, played really well last year. James Washington came on a little bit, although I think I'm a little bit higher on Deontay Johnson than James Washington. Uh, Eric Ebron and, and Vance McDonald make up uh, the, the high end of their tight end room, and they also have Zach Gentry. Uh, they have Alejandro Villanueva returning to be the left tackle, Stephen Wisniewski, Maurice Pouncey, Dave DeCastro, uh, Matt Feeler. Dave DeCastro is really the star of that offensive line, and he's kind of the guy who keeps it all together. I respect DeCastro. I think he's a great player. Uh, Chuma uh, Chikuma Okafor, who they drafted last year, is going to compete for uh, a spot, maybe as a rotational guy. Zach Banner's there. Uh, again, a lot of good pieces. O-line, you, don't, you know, you kind of trust the Steelers. O-line's going to still be good. But to be honest, they've lost a lot of pieces over the years, so there are some question marks there. Uh, Matt Feeler's played really well as well. So between Feeler, DeCastro, and Pouncey, you know, Pouncey's getting a little bit up there. Wisniewski's actually relatively older, too. But, uh, you know, I, I think if if the quarterback comes in and plays well, they're, they're going to be at least off to a decent start. I think that the, the Steelers have a, a lot of the pieces on offense that they need. Uh, running back room is kind of intriguing as well. Jalen Samuels, James Conner, uh, like I said before, McFarland is on this roster now, Benny Snell. And there's a big difference between McFarland and the other three guys. 
McFarlane's fast compared to the other three guys. He's so fast, he might make those guys look like they're moving in slow motion. So I think I would like a one-two punch of James Conner and McFarland. I, I'm intrigued by that. That might not be a thing that the Steelers end up doing, but I like those kind of I like that mixture, if you will. Uh defensively, right? They got Stefan Tuitt still. Uh they lost Javon Hargrave, so now you're kinda looking at guys to replace him, Wormley, McCutters, uh, like I mentioned before, the, the Davis who they, they drafted. Uh Cam Hayward's still there. He's playing really well for him still. Uh, they got T.J. Watt, Vince Williams, uh, Devin Bush. Uh, Devin Bush, who they, they traded up to draft last year. He had a few struggles. I feel like that's common for linebackers. In fact, I mentioned this with the, the Ravens episode, is that linebackers sometimes, you know, it's very hard to see where the hits are for linebacker. Guys who are drafted high don't always play super well. Guys who are drafted later end up maybe sometimes outperforming their draft stock. Uh you know, Joe Hayden's still there. He's kind of reaching the, the age limit for cornerbacks eventually. Minka Fitzpatrick, who they traded for last year, came in, played really well for them. Now he's going to probably be, a, a, a you know, a, the stalwart to that defense. Steven Nelson, well, your cornerback room's okay, folks. It's not great. It's not amazing. You know, you guys lost Artie Burns to free agency. I don't think you care about that because it was Artie Burns. Uh, you kind of got an okay performance out of him and Joe Hayden. You got Mike Hilton. You got Cam Sutton. Uh, Terrell Edmonds is still there playing safety as well. He's going to be kind of more of the strong safety role. And, uh, again, the, the defense last year performed really well. I don't know if it's going to perform as well as it did last year. It was, you know, it might perform really well still, but it, you, you got to realize you guys performed really, really well to almost – a remarkable expectations and then you basically just tried playing keep away with the ball and ran it and listen the Steelers are going to be a well-coached team I'm a big Mike Tomlin fan I keep on I'll say I hate the Steelers and then I'll go ahead and compliment 17 guys who were associated with the Steelers because I like Colbert I like Tomlin I like Juju I like a lot of your team guys I like I like Connor uh I like uh DeCastro uh you know I don't want to get into the the the, the muckiness of that uh, that quarterback room. Uh, so overall, listen, Steelers. I think you're going to be. Uh, how do I put this? You still are competitive. That's it. You're competitive. You are a good team. You're not totally out. You're not. You know. I think you might get underrated because everybody's not sure with the Big Ben situation, and that is the big red flag with the Steelers. Uh, maybe they sign Cam Newton. I don't know if that's really uh, something that either either party really wants um but nonetheless like i think that the steelers had a solid draft i'm not super impressed with it there's not a particular piece i feel like makes them the like a much better team but there's a lot of good to it right like i don't think uh, chase claypool is this un- is this remarkable talent but again like because you didn't have a first round pick your remarkable talent that you got was minka fitzpatrick who now are two years down on his contract that was the big problem with that trade but honestly, I thought it wasn't the worst. Like, I, there's some value to that still, right? Um, Devin Bush has got to perform better, and that's about it. That's 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 going to be the st- the tie together for that team. Is if Devin Bush plays better, if Joe Hayden doesn't fall off a cliff, if Steve Nelson plays as well as he did last year, which I was, you know, I think a lot of people were relatively shocked by. And uh, if Minka Fitzpatrick keeps playing the shutdown, you know the 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 true like 
good p- game piece to that defense. I think that defense could still be good. I think missing Hargraves is going to be a big problem for them. Again, I like I like Juju. I think it's a bounce back year for Juju, no matter what. Even if Ben Roethlisberger is not true Ben Roethlisberger of old, I think it's a bounce back year for Juju. I think Deontay Johnson takes a step forward, and I think James Washington is going to be okay. I, I don't. Th- I actually think he's the the guy out of the three guys in their receiving core who I, who are probably going to be the starters. I think he's kind of the odd man out, and I think Claypool is going to be developing this year through that that roster as well. Maybe he. You know, play. Maybe they find ways of utilizing him to get the ball in his hands and utilize his athleticism. I think he's more of a down the road guy, though, kind of like James Washington was. Like James Washington did not step in his first year and was a a, a baller. Uh, Juju was, but again, Juju is spectacular, as you know. Nonetheless, uh, good job, all three of these teams. Uh, there's a reason why you're all playoff level teams, even if you aren't you aren't always in the playoffs. Steelers the last year didn't make it in, but the other two teams did. Steelers have been in the playoffs though for the last ten years though. So uh, again, good job on all of them. If you want, you can follow the podcast at DraftVice on Twitter, at DraftVice underscore football on Instagram. You can follow me at B R O J O. Death is in the end of life. Punch like that delicious drink you drink in the summers. Um, we have one more draft episode left everybody also check the playlist we have all the other teams the only two teams that have not been done yet the packers and the broncos and they will be up tomorrow well the next day after this is released basically is how that goes um so tomorrow quote unquote uh leave a review comment i saw actually a couple of comments people actually you know, shooting stuff out there. I really want to go ahead and talk about some of the the comments that we've gotten because honestly, we've gotten some great comments. I'm relatively impressed. Like I've gotten, I love what I, the comments that I've gotten. So I'm going to go ahead and screenshot all the comments. I'm going to do a specific episode calling out the comments that have come out here. That might be Friday's episode. Um, and if you, you know, that's been more of what I've gotten. I also uh, guested on a podcast earlier this week. Uh, please check it out. Uh, it was a. Uh, uh, I'll go ahead and post that in the 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 uh, the link below as well, and uh, stay tuned. We will be back. We're gonna keep doing this, and I will find fun things to keep doing for us over the summer as we close out the draft series. Take care, TTFN. Have a good week. Good night. Have fun, you all. When I woke up this morning, I was feeling pretty dangerous. I'm about to pass. I'm about to